0: your state your team your show this is sports nightly oliver martin in motion to the far side snap back adrian wants to throw being rushed steps up in the pocket and eludes a man to the 10 to the 5 to the 1 dives he is in Nebraska. What an individual effort by Adrian Martinez scrambling through bodies, arms, diving for the end zone, and the Huskers now lead it 13 0. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Here we are, Wednesday night, sports nightly here on the Husker Sports Network. We've got a big show lined up for you tonight. The head football coach is going to stop by for a few minutes later on this hour. Lots to talk about with him. There's been a lot that has happened. Today, what, today is the 20th of January. Played their last game on the 18th of December. So, yep, just a little over a month since they play. But there has been a lot that has taken place in the program. So, we'll get into a bunch of things with the head coach here later in the hour, Kent Pavelka returned our call, so he's he's agreed to make an appearance tonight. So we'll have KP on up in hour number two. We'll go beyond the headlines in that hour. Buy, sell, back for a Wednesday night edition tonight. And, Ben, you know how I like to give Austin little projects. Uh, I gave him a project to kind of compile all the early entries out of the Big Ten conference for the NFL draft. Yesterday was the deadline. That's why you saw our Tuesday yeah. Was it yesterday or 2 days ago? I think it might have been two. Was it yesterday? Did all The Ohio State guys did it? or was that Monday?
1: It might have been Monday. Well, it was they had a couple more trickle out yesterday, it was okay. mostly earlier in the week. Okay. Well, th- that's why you saw a rush of Justin Fields,
0: Wyatt Davis, Sean Wade, all those guys from Ohio State. So, it, the deadline's coming gone. So, if you didn't put your name in, you can't get in now. You got you're in. And you can't go back, which I think college needs to look at, but that's a different story. But Austin has been working hard on putting together an early entry list. Uh, so we'll go over that in, in the third hour of the program after. So I wanted to distract Austin Ben because I know he's, he's heartbroken tonight uh, with the announcement of Phillip Rivers' retirement as the Colts quarterback. So I, I, needed, I wanted to kind of just shake it up for him so that he could
1: get his mind off that. Yeah, he's reeling. You know, he had a uh, you know, uh an interesting season with Philip Rivers to say the least. Uh very up, very down, but um at least it wasn't a overly long marriage. This was almost <laughs> like a uh like a like a trip to Vegas type type deal. Um and, you know, they'll move on and and go bring somebody else in, which we don't know who that's going to be yet for for next season. So it was weird seeing him as a Colt, but, um, you know, for as much grief as I've given that guy uh, on this show for the years that that he was on it, um, you know, I know he was a, a good quarterback and a good teammate and somebody who poured everything he had into the sport, um, you know, so, you know, tip of the cap to him for that and tip of the cap for him to being the uh, – the blunt of a lot of jokes that I that I give him. He gave me a lot of entertainment over the over the last few years. <laughs> you you have
0: never been a fan. And I haven't he, I mean he's a hard guy to kind of pull for because he seems kind of whiny all the time on the field. But I think he's really well respected. In fact, former husker and Domican Sue uh, tweeted out less than an hour ago a picture of him with Phillip Rivers said, Great competitor, love playing against him, and an even better guy off the field. Enjoy retirement. Hashtag Phil. Philip Rivers. So there's Indomican sounding off on him earlier today. JJ uh, Watt tweeted out a thing. This is a pretty good thing. He said, I'll never forget lining up for a play. And Phil pointed to one of our linebackers and telling him he was lined up wrong based off the blitz we were about to run. And he was 100% correct about it. Ha ha. So I, he, I think he had the respect of the guys and, and, and Hey, Guys know a competitor when they see him, and Philip Rivers was a competitor. I mean, he he wanted to win. It bothered him when he didn't win, and uh, so I think that's what gained him respect. I mean, there and J.J. Watt and and Dama Kinsu, two guys who were not never teammates with Philip Rivers, but shooting their respect at him. There's we're really hitting kind of a change in the guard, aren't we, in the NFL with these quarterbacks? And we, you know, we we, we went through our over forty list last night and top ten Tuesday, but you've got the Breeze, the Brady, the Rodgers, the Rivers that are exiting the game or soon will be exiting the game. But then you have this exciting young core coming up with some of them that will be featured this weekend in Mahomes and Allen, but Watson would be in there, Jackson would be in there. It's kind of an exciting time for the NFL because they have some replacements now for these longtime quarterback superstars.
1: Yeah, well, you, and you you know you lost the Mannings not that long ago, yeah, and you know Big Ben's on his last leg too. So you know it's these these are guys that have been around forever, um, and and you're right. It's you know it reminds me a little bit of of golf. You know there there were so many good superstars in golf for a long time in the '90s and the early 2000s, and Tiger's getting older, Phil's getting older. We're starting to see some of these guys that are really uh, out of their prime. And then you're seeing the the young guns kind of take over with, you know, the Rory's and um, Justin JT, Thomas and Jordan yeah. Spieth and, you know, this, Ricky Fowler. Some of these young guns kind of take over. And that's almost what it's like right now mm-hmm. in the NFL with quarterback because, you know, with even the guys playing this weekend with Mahomes and, and Josh Allen, we saw Lamar Jackson play last week, Deshaun Watson. Um, I mean, Joe Burrow even as a rookie this, this last year. There, there were a lot of them that kind of stepped in and Kyler Murray, another one who kind of broke out in Arizona, there, you know, a lot of these guys have just kind of stepped up and, um, you know, ma- made the quarterback position a lot of fun to watch when it was for so many years, but th- these guys are getting older. I mean, Aaron Rodgers getting up there in age too. I mean, Packers draft a quarterback early in, uh, in their draft last year as a replacement. I think it was kind of a reality check for all of us too. I think mean, Russell Wilson's North of 30. So, you know, right. guys that guys that are, are that have been, you know, running the show for a long time are are kind of turning things over to these these young guns and what's interesting is you think about the, the prototypes of a Breeze and a Rivers and a and a Peyton Manning and a Big Ben, you know, Big Ben was always elusive. I wouldn't qualify him as a great runner, but now look at all all the guys that are active in the NFL right now most of them are are run running quarterbacks guys that can that can move around with their legs i mean even Josh Allen right he's got a monster arm but he kills you with his legs as much as anybody so just the 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 i don't know the emergence and the transcendence of what what the quarterbacks even look like from from back in the day to where we're at right now has changed quite a bit you mentioned Russell Wilson he's kind of a
0: one guy That's kind of in between the older group of Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, Big Ben to the younger crop that we rattle off all the names of Murray and Watson and Mahomes and Allen. There really there's not a lot in between. Right. I mean, but Wilson's is in between. You mentioned he's north of 30, so he's not young anymore. But there's there's a. There was an era there that just didn't produce really good quarterbacks. But the league, I'm sure, is grateful that they have this young core now that's pretty exciting to watch. You mentioned Mahomes, too. He did practice today for the Chiefs. I don't know how much. They just came out and said, yep, he went to the workouts. I saw, I think maybe it was Ian, who we're hoping to get on tomorrow night since we don't have a Friday show. I think I saw Ian tweet that apparently he did pretty much everything in practice today, which for Chiefs fans, that's good news as those AFC and NFC championship games are coming up on uh, on Sunday. One will be in Green Bay where there could be some snow flying and one will be in Kansas City where there's a chance of rain for those games on Sunday. Head football coach coming up a little bit. Man, Ben, there's just uh, it, it's amazing how much has happened from December 18th when they walked off the field with Rutgers to today uh, with guys now getting back on campus. And we saw the video that they put out on Twitter last night with a lot of the new ones checking into their dorms and doing those type of things. Uh, this has been a glut of news, right? I mean, it's almost been a daily thing with somebody saying they're coming back or somebody saying they're leaving or a transfer coming in or a transfer going out. It's, it is, it's been the most remarkable season I can remember for college football
1: of right right when the season shuts down. Yeah, think about some of the other places around the country, too, that are going through that. Purdue has had a ton of turnover. Northwestern's had a ton of turnover. Ohio State's had a ton of turnover. And then you're going to broaden things up nationally. Tennessee has been an absolute debacle since the end of the season. Fired Jeremy Pruitt. They had four entries into the transfer portal today alone, including their leading tackler. Henry Toa Toa. So, like, this isn't just a Nebraska thing. There are a lot of moving parts around the world of college football right now. Nebraska, certainly not immune to that. And it's been weird. It's been a weird off season. It's given us plenty to think and talk about on the show. But you know, I think overall, there uh, we're all kind of ready for things to settle down. I'm sure. I'm still not sure that we're done. I still think there's going to be a couple of more uh, guys that leave, and there's probably going to be a couple of more guys that come in too. So. It's still going to be a moving target. I, I bet it's that way all the way through spring practice, you know. But hopefully by this summer, you can start to, you know, tie your laces of of who's on your on your roster and and who you're going to battle with here in the fall. Gonna need those. Summer magazines,
0: right? To get caught up on some of these movies. It's kind of like when you get prepared to do a a fantasy football draft of the NFL, you better go get a magazine. You're like, oh, I didn't know he was with that team now. I forgot. Mm -hmm. I missed how that guy is no longer in Arizona. He's in Seattle or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, it's, and it's, I think, I think that's going to be the way it is moving forward. Now, maybe you don't have 1,200 guys' names in the transfer portal in the coming years, but I bet. Bet it's close. Now, I think the, the pandemic certainly escalated that, but I think it's going to be a pretty high number most years. Uh, a lot of guys just always think that the grass is greener on the other side, and sometimes it is. Most times it's not. So it's going to be a wild thing. But looking forward to, to chatting with the, the head coach here in a couple minutes. No news on Husker basketball. They're still shut down after the Sunday announcement that they were still on pause with team activities, having those 12 Tier 1 uh, people, positives, uh, testing positive for the COVID virus. Uh, I, I made some. I, I talked to some folks today. I said, "What? How many are do you have in your tier one?" And it's right around 30. They're right around 30 guys that are in that tier one group for Husker basketball. That's the players, the coaches, the support staff. So you'd be your trainers and your managers and your video guys and. Um, uh, equipment managers, those type of things. Those are the ones that are around the the team an awful lot. So it's 30. So when you got 12 out of 30, Ben, oh, my goodness, that is a really, really high number. They're not scheduled to play again until the 30th of January. That's the Penn State game, as they've already canceled. uh, Tonight's game would have been Minnesota and then a, a Sunday game with Iowa. They had all of next week off. And I think they were initially thinking, well, maybe we can make up that Purdue game that we missed back in early January. Well, that that's out the window now. So the next one on the schedule is is a week from Saturday, the 30th. Maybe, maybe they're back by then. I, I would I would lean maybe more to the the game in early February for the from the time they get back. It's got to be frustrating for them. Kids want to play. They come to college. They come to college in a lot of cases just to play basketball,
1: and to not be able to do that is almost like taking air away from them to breathe. They've been, you know, kind of going through this since June. I mean, that's that's when they've been, you know, isolating and and reporting and working out and all that. So it's been a long season already. Uh, then you couple that with the uh, lack of success they've had on the floor, plus the uh, you know the amount of um you know diligence that's gone into this every single day it's it's got to wear on them and you know you, all the, those factors mixed in with the with the lack of winning and the, the 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 sense of new with with all the new new players playing together just yeah it's it's a tough time for them right now and i can't imagine you know those players are having very much fun right now um you know being isolated and you know having to to not be able to, to pick up a ball and go play, it's, it's got to be really tough considering everything they had to do to even get the season here. Yeah, no doubt.
0: Hey, buckle up and put the phone down. It's a reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. When we come back, the head football coach will join us. We'll get his take on what's been happening over the last 30-plus days for Husker football a lot. A lot to cover. We'll come back with a coach next. We're back, Sports finally on a Wednesday night. Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin, with you, and delighted to be joined now by the head football coach of the Cornhuskers, Scott Frost, A little, almost a month ago when you wrapped the season up at Rutgers with a really good performance. Uh, have you had some downtime? Have you been able to recharge the batteries a little bit over the last 30 days?
2: We did, you know, uh, kind of. You know, would have would have loved to have played in the bowl game, but everyone was tired, and our kids hadn't been home some of them for nine months. Um, so we gave them uh, about four four plus weeks off. Um, I went deer hunting with some buddies right away, and then I think all of us were able to spend some good family time. Uh, and, uh, my wife and I actually went on on vacation and got somewhere warm and sunny for four or five days, and um, I think everybody needed that a little bit, and all the coaches did the same thing.
0: Was 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 it contentious going through the talking to the team about postseason, or what? What was that like? I, I'm sure it was. There was probably some emotions in the room when you guys got together as a team after a really good performance at Rutgers.
2: Yeah, I think. Uh, a lot of the team, probably most of the team, uh, wanted to go on and play. Uh, but um, the, this is kind of the one time, because of how weird the year was, that I, I wanted the team to help decide. And uh, you know, I'd, we also didn't want to go into a bowl game unless everybody was committed and gung ho and excited about going. And uh, it was just such a long, hard year that we couldn't uh, get a unanimous decision in, from that standpoint. And um, you know, we went through a lot of things last year, Greg, that I think the team needed to go through for growth. And uh, I'm glad we got that opportunity to do that this year. And I think it'll uh, lead to better things next year and beyond.
0: So many things have been were different about 2020 that carry over to this year. And that was the one was that everybody's been given an extra year of eligibility. How did you handle it with the seniors? Did you meet with them individually? What, how did that process go? And you've got a, a fair number of them that are coming back next year
2: yeah we've been talking about that with them for a long time really it's the whole season unplayed and even back to before the season started the guys were worried about not having any season and having the opportunity to come back and play again and um you know i met with each of them several times and met with them as a group and met with them in as individuals at the end and uh we invited all of them uh to come back and you know depending on their circumstances uh um Some guys were on the fence. Some guys were definitely leaving. Some guys were definitely coming back. And I really appreciate the guys that are coming back to spend another year with us. I think it's going to help us as a football team. And uh, I think they're going to give us good play on the field and good leadership.
0: We've been kind of joking on our show that Eric Chenander's probably been throwing kind of a daily party. I mean, he got so many of those guys back on defense from Stilley to Dolman to Honus to uh, the two safeties. Uh, that group's going to be a little bit longer in the beard, aren't they, than they've been since you've been in in Lincoln?
2: Yeah, you know, I've heard coaches say one of the best ways to win is to get old and to stay old. And uh, we've really had a young team in a lot of ways uh, for a few years here. Um, Getting those guys back and just the experience of of playing in this league and uh, the talent that they have is going to be huge for us. It's going to give us time to continue to work with the young guys and get them ready to go. And um, we're thrilled to have those guys back and they kind of all got together. And I think the group that are coming back all kind of made that commitment to each other and it's going to make us a better football team.
0: You, uh, you're you always going to have attrition, and, and you weren't uh, immune to that over the last month. You've had some guys who've decided to leave the program. A couple of offensive linemen, Wandale Robinson would be the biggest name of that group. That's part of it. It's probably never an easy process. What your thoughts about some guys that have decided to go elsewhere?
2: Well, anybody that's been in the program, we, we appreciate them and the, the contribution. And um, honestly, Greg, that's just kind of the – the world we're living in now uh, particularly this year where kids are expecting to become immediately eligible with a one-time transfer exception um that's just kind of what we're going to have to deal with and um uh, each one of those was kind of different circumstances and different reasons and um we're we're certainly not alone uh you know there's teams in our league that had really good years that have lost uh, nine or ten guys and guys all over the country jumping in the portal and um, you know, some probably for good reasons and some probably for not, um, I think a lot of times when, when you decide to transfer, you sometimes think the grass is greener somewhere else and it doesn't turn out to be, but you know, it, we expect this and, uh, I think the best thing you can do is, is be light on your feet and, um, try to make adjustments and manage your roster, uh, when you're expecting some of these things to happen or suspicious that they're going to happen and, uh, really excited about, you know how this has worked out for us and ability to bring a, a running back in to, to give us some experience in that room and a, a receiver in to give us some uh, experience in that room and um, definitely when you, you have some subtractions you got to make additions too.
0: Let's talk about those two guys. Marquis Step is the running back you alluded to from USC and then Samori Toure from Montana who's had an excellent FCS career. Um, what did you like about those two? What, what stood out and why did you want them to be a part of the program?
2: well starting with Marquise, you know he was highly uh, thought of coming out of high school and uh, went out west and kind of same thing i did um got recruited to go out west and um you know we we, we were going to be young in the in the backfield like i got a ton of confidence in those young guys that we have in that room and and where they're going to be um but just to get a, another veteran player in that group and uh, maybe buy some time for the young guys to to become who we know they're going to become. I think is going to help. Um, Marquise is a is a big and fast kid, and we're going to try to get him up to speed as fast as we can and let him compete for that job. Um, kind of same thing in the receiver room. Um, got some really good young players, uh, some veterans coming back that uh, we're counting on, giving us. Uh, more help next year and uh, we we just thought with with the position group we had there that somebody experienced and somebody that's that's caught a lot of balls at the college level would help us you know i've had personally some real good success with with guys like him Uh, vernon adams who transferred to us at oregon and had a great year as a quarterback Uh, so when you get the right ones of these guys i think it can really help your football team and uh samari's a guy that he was an All-American at that level and uh, has a ton of catches and a ton of yards and a ton of experience. And uh, looking forward to, to watching those two guys on the field.
0: Coach, on defense, you've added Chris Kalarovic from Northern Iowa, who was a preseason FCS All-American at that spot. Northern Iowa did not play ball in the fall. Uh, he committed to Nebraska a couple of months ago. What, what stood out to you, and, and what, what, what excites you about Chris joining the program?
2: Well, we got three coaches on our staff that that coach for Coach Farley at Northern Iowa, and all of us think a lot of that place, and the guys over there, um, you know, they called us and told us he was leaving and that he was their best player on defense, and they didn't want to see him go, but would like to see him with with the right people. And, um, you know, we, we had Will Honus, who was going to be a senior, and Colin who was gonna be a senior and thought we were losing them and we're a little worried about the depth at that spot and the youth at that spot and thought we could use a, another guy with experience and, and we're lucky enough to get Will back. But uh, Chris is, is a guy that I think is a, a really good athlete and has made a lot of tackles at the college level and uh, kind of like the other two, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do.
0: Getting busy with head football coach Scott Frost here on Sports Island on the Husker Sports Network. Saw a uh, video posted last night on Twitter of some of your new players arriving on campus, moving into the dorms. Uh, how many guys are? How many guys from this class are, sh- are going to be here for the spring semester for you?
3: Um,
2: we got thirteen guys that are new on campus right now, and uh, I just met with the whole group and and talked to them about what we're going to have them doing, they're going to be really busy for about three weeks. Uh, we got we to gotta check a lot of boxes and, and get them accustomed to college life and um, academics and everything that goes along with it. But uh, getting a, a chance to work with those guys all, all winter in the conditioning and, and giving them a spring ball before their freshman year is it's certainly going to help speed up their progress.
0: Was this the first time you face-to-face met some of these guys?
2: It is, and, and I don't know if that's ever happened before, uh, but I'm sure it's happened all over college football. Uh, The majority of them, uh, I had a chance to meet a while back in recruiting when we we still were able to go out on the road and have kids on campus. Um, But I I was trying to to think, and I think there was four or five of them that I'd never been in the same room with before. Uh, So you really, as a head coach, seeing some guys that you're uh, new to your program for the first time, and it's an unusual, circumstance uh, but really impressed with the group so far and um, kind of their attitude and 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 just what they look like physically walking in the building Uh, they're gonna they're gonna add to our team pretty quick
0: nice Uh, one other thing that happened here in the last month is your special teams analyst has left the program what are you thinking as you move forward and with with the as it relates to special teams for this program
2: well I want to get the right guy in here that's going to help us uh, turn the page on on special teams and improve there um, I think if we if we were better on special teams I think I probably would have won a few more games around here the last year or two and um, Looking forward to trying to identify the right guy to come in and, and really get our guys bought into special teams and improve in some of the areas that we haven't haven't been good enough. And I'm really thankful to Rut for what he came in and, and helped us with. Uh, and wish him nothing but the best. And, and we're in the process right now of trying to find the right guy to come in and, and pick up where he left off.
0: All right, so you got guys arriving on campus. I know school begins on Monday. Is that when winter conditioning gets cranked up for you? And, and have you looked even further into the spring when you might launch spring football practice?
2: We have, and, and we've kind of adjusted some things based on everything that happened last year. Uh, the semester has changed on campus. We actually brought our, uh, our players back this past weekend. Um, for campus rules, uh, they've got to go through a, a quarantine period, and we got to get them tested. And uh, we wanted to make sure everything was it was handled the right way, and, and safety was our, our primary concern. So we've kind of received the majority of the team back on campus now, and uh, they'll get started officially with winter conditioning uh, on Monday. Uh, for spring ball, we're going to move it back a little bit. Uh, we're not sure if we're going to have spring recruiting or not, but I want to get a full winter conditioning in before we start spring ball. Uh, in order to do that, we needed to delay the start of spring practice a little. So w- we'll be the five weeks five leading up to the end of April and planning on having our spring game on May
0: 1st. Fantastic well i i know it's probably exciting to get the guys back on campus i'm sure they're they're happy to see each other after being gone for a month or so you it was a it was a total team effort to fight your way through that season with all the daily testing and i i don't know if you've had a chance to talk to the head basketball coach but but they're having a rough issue with it right now this this virus is is no laughing matter and i i'm sure grateful to your kids for being disciplined and the medical people for keeping your team healthy that you got eight games in during the fall
2: Yeah, uh, you know, we were lucky, um, I think handled some things well in the fall that that prevented us from having major issues with COVID, you know, really feel for Fred right now as he's trying to build that team and then having this setback and uh, mostly we're concerned for him and and his health. uh, you know, was texting back and forth with him a couple of days ago, and it sounds like he's doing well. But uh, these are just tough times, and, and hopefully we'll we'll turn the page on this and, and have uh, more normalcy very soon. But uh, certainly pulling for him and his team, and hope they can finish strong.
0: Very good. All right, we'll let you go with this. The uh, the, the traditional signing days coming up here in about two weeks. Do you anticipate <laughs> signing anybody else in that February period?
2: possibly uh there's still uh, you know a couple kids out there high school kids that that we're trying to recruit uh we got a couple of spots left so we want to use them the right way um you know I, i suspect there'll be some more kids available too uh after signing day uh either in the transfer portal um you know we're we're trying to look ahead too and and normally uh Junior colleges, Greg, have had their seasons already and a lot of those kids are getting recruited. Well, most of those schools are playing in the spring and there's not a lot of schools with many spots left. So we'll keep our eye out for the best available and um, we got a couple spots in our pocket to, to try to pick a couple people up that can help the team.
0: Sounds good. Coach, we appreciate the update. Uh, take care of that team, and, and I know it's an important phase of the year, that winter conditions, when you really can bulk up your team, and uh, this is when you start winning football games, even though it's in the dead of winter. So uh, have a good couple weeks.
2: I appreciate it. Looking forward to being back around the guys.
1: Good stuff from Nebraska head football coach Scott Frost in our last hour. Appreciate him giving us part of his evening here tonight. Good to catch up with it. been a while since we've heard from the head coach. Coming up here in just a second, Ken Pavelka, the voice of Nebraska men's basketball, will join us, give us an update on uh, the men's hoops side of things. From his perspective, been a while since we've chatted with KP, what he's been up to since uh, this little break in the action. We'll go beyond the headlines here in hour number two as well. Uh, coming up in the hour number three, we'll play some buy-sell. So a lot to get to over the next two hours, of course, Welcome you to call into the show at 531-500-4686. Let's just uh, get right into it with uh, our next guest. Happy to be joined now by Ken Pavelka. KP, it's been an an interesting uh, last couple of weeks, I guess, from your perspective you know, what, with this break and with everything that's going on, I, you know, first of all, how, how you doing? Second of all, you know, when you look at the this team right now and, and kind of put in perspective, um, just kind of your thoughts with, uh, with the break and, you know, how the team's reacted and, uh, you know, kind of where you're at.
3: Well, you know, I, I wondered all along if, if uh, the Huskers would be touched by this and, you know, as long as it doesn't. As long as it didn't, you know, you kind of have this false sense of, uh, of, uh, th- you know, that things are going well. Why shouldn't they continue to? But I, I think, you know, the fact that the so many of the of the uh, tier one people in the program were were hit by this, it's just, you know, commentary on on what we're dealing with. You just, you just never know, and uh, so. You know, just taking it day to day and hoping that everybody gets well and that protocols are are met and, and followed through on and that they can get back to playing basketball maybe uh, on the 31st, I guess it would be would be probably the earliest they could play
1: yeah I, I think i think that's probably the target and you think even that's maybe 50 50 as we look at it right now i guess i guess uh everybody's thought was who had it and and it was scary to, to read coach Hoyberg's uh statement that he put out last sunday because of his health issues and, and things that he's yeah. gone through in the past i mean i that's scary stuff. It's great to hear that I mean it sounds like he's he's doing well and, and and suffering symptoms but symptoms that he's recovering from.
3: Yeah, you know, I haven't talked to anybody for a few days. I did talk to doc right after all this happened and and he corroborated the fact that coach as he said publicly was, you know, hit by a little bit early, didn't feel so hot, but it was getting along better. Hopefully he, he's continued to progress. Um you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's ironic, isn't it? That, I mean, college basketball takes all these precautions and by and large, these young people uh, aren't all that affected by it when they, when they get it, you know, that some of them, I think have a little bit of a a reaction, but um, you know, they're, they're doing what they have to do. And I, you know, I think it's, a, it's, you got to give credit to the master planners of, college basketball that they could put something together like they have and be as successful, you know, here on the 20th day of January, as successful as they have been. It's, It's been pretty remarkable that the whole thing hasn't been shut down, in my opinion.
1: Right, and, you know, we were kind of talking about this on the show too, just the fact that we're almost through an NFL season and, and we got through an entire college football season. It's pretty incredible to think, even though it wasn't always the, the, the smoothest path to get there. This is a obvious unplanned break for the team, and you know I'm sure a lot of reflect. Number one, healing, but number two, reflecting on the season to this point and really what what's been happening with the team. I I guess with the with the with the losing streak, particularly in the league. Do you feel like this is a good time for the coaches to maybe sit back and evaluate? What's happening? Where they're falling short? How they're falling short? And what they need to do to maybe overcome those those things that are costing them games? Is, is this a good time, or is this is it kind of just whatever?
3: Well, I don't I don't think it's necessarily a good time because I don't know what more they can do beyond what they're doing. I mean, mm-hmm. it is what it is. It, what it is, right? Um, the, I'm sure they've taken advantage of the time and have done what you just suggested, but you know, this is a team that. Uh, number one has been very competitive. I mean, you know, if you want me to analyze what's going on, this is how I see it. I mean, they've been really competitive, Uh, maybe not for 40 minutes a game, but in in every game except Ohio State, really, every team they played knew they were in a a war, number one. Number two, um, you know, this is a team that continues to try to come together under these odd circumstances. You know, he's got a lot of experience on this, on this team, but these guys don't have experience together. And uh, I mean, I think we can look up and down the rosters and the, the big Ten and throughout college basketball and see that, you know, you, you look at a you look at a program like Wisconsin's, for example, just the antithesis of what Nebraska is in terms of these guys being together and the dividends that that pays. So, I mean, they're still trying to do that. Um, and this doesn't help. You know, I mean, if they get back on the 31st and play Penn State, by my calculations, they'll maybe have one or two days of practice, you know, <laughs> since, yeah. since all this happened. And not to mention, you know, what does that do to conditioning? I don't know what these guys can do or what they've been doing, but just think about it yourself. If you ever have gone to the gym in your life for, with any regularity, when you quit going for a week or two, uh, you feel it. So there's that. And then I think a couple of other things. I think that this, you know, this team is still looking for an alpha, you know, a, 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 an alpha leader on the floor and a and a leader just in spirit. And I think that, you know, we've looked up and down the roster. And to me, I thought we started to see evidence of maybe Trey McGowan's being that guy in the last couple mm-hmm. of games. But it's taken this long to kind of see that develop. Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. But I you know, I think that's that's missing, to some extent, and then then the, just the obvious. This, you know, they they, they need a dead three shooter for, or two, because um, they've been inconsistent shooting it, and they need a couple couple of dudes inside, some bigs, you know, that to compete with what they've got to compete against. So, it is what it is, what it is, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: And the minute you th- you thought you had some help with Derek Walker, something like this happened. So I think they're still. Maybe unsure of what they have, uh, particularly down in the post. Um, KP, when you look at, I've been asked this a ton. I'm sure you have as well. And you know, I know fans are getting restless and they're they're wanting wins, and maybe even some of them are starting to question whether you know this is going to work. And and it's not just all on Fred. It's not just all on basketball. I think it's kind of a cumulative effect just with Nebraska athletics the last few years. These fans wanting a winner and, and kind of the pessimistic side popping in their head i guess when i'm asked the question of what's different from last year to this year i i guess my first response is you think about you know when we were in there for the film studies and and you know really what the coaches are are harping on with a game plan you obviously take away or, or you, you the, your focal point goes to the, the the best players on the other team and I didn't really feel like last year Nebraska had a lot of guys on their team that you were overly scared of guys that when other teams are watching you go yeah we got to watch out for this guy you got to watch out for this guy or this guy can do this I mean obviously Thor shot it well Cam Mack ran, ran a decent point guard but you know, there really wasn't that many weapons. And I think that's, that can't be said this year. I think there are guys that scare you and and that's when you look at last year to this year, do you see that as well? Or when you're, when you're telling people that this team has improved specifically in the talent regard, what's your response?
3: No, I, I, agree with everything you just said, um, uh, without, without doubt. And, and I'll just go back to what I said a second ago. Um, you know, if you want to compare this team with last year's, I mean, just the eye test will tell you if you've watched any basketball at all in your lifetime and uh, and the fact that they've been competitive. I mean, uh, you know, the, the teams that they've lost to um, have, by and large, uh, walked away from the, their games with Nebraska and and breathed a huge sigh of relief, right? Um, so, um but I mean, I, you know, having said that, do they does this team need more talent? Yes. Um, but this is year number 2 and uh you know, you, you want to go back to Big 8 Big 8 football. Look at Bill McCartney at Colorado. Look at look at uh, look at Kansas State how long it took them to put things together in football. Look at look at how long it took Pat Chambers to get anything done at Penn State. Of course they fired him, but uh for other reasons, but um you know, people get tired of hearing it takes time, but it just just does. And I said to to Jake four or five games ago, I don't really care if we win any more games. I, what I want to see is that the team is a competitive and getting better. And I see I see both of those as being the fact, a fact. So uh, I'm good. You know, as long as I as long as I see them getting better, uh, you know, I'm I am i i hung in there a while. I'll hang in there a little while longer, won't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think we all will. Now, I guess the the big follow up question to that is, will they? Will the team? Because they're the ones going through it. They're, I mean, it, anytime you put on a jersey and you lose in something, it it affects you. And at what point does does that start to trickle into the effort, or does it? I guess is the big question. How how do you, as a coach, keep not only just the players motivated, but a new group of players motivated? It's kind of the same. Issue, I guess that they ran into last year, but, you know, with, with the coaches and, and keeping these guys willing to to go to war for 40 minutes when they're out there on the floor, how do you do that?
3: Well, I think that, first of all, it requires a certain kind of character individually and then collectively, and I think compared to last year, this team has it, and last year's team probably didn't. That's number one. And number two, I think that, that it's obvious that, you know, these players – not only respect um, what what Coach Hoiberg and all the coaches, uh, you know where they're coming from and what they know and what they're being told and how they're being coached, and um, but yeah, I mean, does it creep into your psyche that you, you just can't get over the hump? Of course, but I I think it goes back to the character issue. I don't I don't think this team's going to quit. I don't think you're going to see. Um, I don't think you're going to see that happen. And, uh, uh, and I, and I think it'll be obvious if it does, but I mean, we, yeah. we, you know, we, we bit our tongues last year during the season. We could, we could tell that there were some, you know, some, some issues with guys, uh, the kind of the way they were playing and they carried themselves off the floor. Uh, now I haven't been around this team at all, so I can't speak to the latter part of what I just said, but, um, According to Coach Hoiberg, he just loves this group, you know, and because they because they they are all about the right things. And I don't know candidly if he would have said that about last year's group, you know.
1: How badly do you miss uh, Jake and I picking on you courtside, throwing rappers at you, and telling you you're on when maybe you weren't, or making yeah. fun of your cookie yeah. stash, you know, all that other all that other business. I don't think you appreciated it at the time, but maybe you do now.
3: No, let's look at it a different way. Let's let's look at it how much I appreciate the way we're fortunate enough to do the games now remotely. I mean, I could no longer, you know, I could no more show up at PBA in my underwear like I can do the games now. You know? I mean, it's, it's a casual deal. Uh, you know, it's radio for crying out loud. What's the difference? Right? But when you're courtside, a little bit different deal. You got to put a bow tie on and all that. So
1: you got to you got kiss time, babies. Next, you got you got to do all that stuff. Next
3: time you you're listening, you, that'll this this will conjure a vivid picture in your mind that you'll hope you can get rid of.
1: Well, I mean, I don't think any anything will trump the image of uh, Davison painting the picture for us of you in a speedo when you guys were in Hawaii a few years ago. <laughs>
3: well, yeah, well, that didn't happen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody uh, had to get ready for those broadcasts, right?
3: Yeah, no kidding, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Oh. All right. Well KP it was great to catch up with you. Glad to hear that you're doing well and staying safe. Um hopefully you're you're back on the mic here before too long. Rumor has it that uh that I that I might be uh thrust into action at one point when uh when taps out. So, you know, prepare mentally no, prepare getting, yourself for what you're getting into.
3: He's gonna do his annual boys outing is he he hasn't, yeah. he hasn't told me that so
1: well that's that's well, the rumor mill floating around so we'll that'll be good do we know when do we know no, when I, because i i can't confirm might... or deny any details at this point well i always look
3: forward to that
1: man <laughs> KP, great 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 to hear from you man glad to hear you're doing well and uh we'll hopefully hear from you real soon i guess whenever this is over hang in there all right buddy thanks
3: Step for man, giant leap for Five
4: left
5: in the game. So Do you there.
4: believe in
3: miracles? Yes! And that's the way
4: Beyond the headlines. That's right. Uh, producer Austin and I have put our heads together and come up with uh, six of the very best, most intriguing, thought provoking topics of the day. Starting with. Uh, <laughs> what's been going down in Tennessee and an end to an ignoble era in the Jeremy Pruitt situation. Uh, The Dan Patrick Show uh, had a report out that apparently Tennessee staff were forking over cash to recruits in McDonald's bags when they (laughs) came to campus. (laughs) University of Florida men's basketball social media had some fun with this yesterday when they tweeted out, quote, we're loving it after the Gators blew out the volunteers. For what it's worth, Tennessee, they're, they're forcefully, angrily, denying the allegations uh, at least according to 24-7 sports but that said what do you guys make of this particular tactic when it comes to
1: recruiting mcdonald's bags (laughs) i mean i think we all kind of know that it happens um not even necessarily relative to just football like we all know that dirty recruiting is out there and is a real thing um you know i guess we, a, lot, a lot of times we don't really hear actual details of it, so I think that's probably why it's a little shocking. You've got to get creative anymore, I feel, if, if that's the route you want to go. But there, there was a period of about two weeks where Tennessee was hauling in multiple four-star recruits, drawing interest of five stars. That, that was a period when Terrence Lewis, who ended up committing to Maryland, uh, was then committed to Tennessee. They had another four- or five-star defensive back from Miami that was uh, – he's still flip-flopping his mind, I think. But, um, you know, to see those guys kind of – you were wondering how and why they they were getting it done. So, you know, to me it was not shocking in the least to, to hear this come out. I'm not sure they were very creative with it. I mean,
0: McDonald's bags, you can do better than that, can't you? I mean, <laughs> something. But and, and maybe McDonald's is a big supporter of Tennessee. They are a supporter here of the Huskers. But um, – yeah, class it up a little bit, right? I mean, <laughs> get cash, do something a little bit more. I
4: mean, at least yeah. uh, I mean, like yeah. a middle-class chain, like yeah. an Olive garden. You get like a right. those clamshell styrofoam takeout boxes. I mean, right. stuff that thing in there. I mean, you know,
0: I, when I heard this, I, I hearkened back to the 30 for 30 about SMU football and how they mm-hmm. shut that down in the 80s and, you know. And everything's bigger in Texas anyway. But at that point in time, guys were saying that they'd wake up in the morning and there's a new car in their yeah. driveway. And they're going, whoa, okay, uh, A&M really wants me. Or SMU really wants me. I mean, that's a Corvette sitting out there. And So, come on, a McDonald's
5: bag? Eh,
0: seems kind of on the cheap.
5: Tennessee's just taking Big Mac sack to a whole new level, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: boo-hoo. Someone
5: was sacked. Yes, you're right. Indeed. So, all right, we'll go from college football to MLB. How are we doing, guys? So last week, uh, MLB's Vault account tweeted through a whole day while pretending it was Bryce Harper's debut back in April of 2012. It's the first in supposedly a series of these coming up. So if you guys could go back through history and live tweet any athlete's debut day, whose would it be?
1: So I guess the question is, do you know what their career looks like afterwards, or is it just you're anticipating nope. this guy playing?
5: You, you, think, you think this guy is going to be a no doubt hall of famer someday so you're there to to live tweet it
1: it's LeBron James for me I mean I, that, you, you think back to how big he blew up when he played for St. Vincent St. Mary uh, I mean yeah he, he was on the cover of SI he I mean I remember my dad coming in and telling me we had to watch this high school game um, you know just because that's how big he got in, in Omaha Nebraska at the time and, you know, that was that was one of the most anticipated debuts I can remember. Harper's was up there. I watched that game with – I think Josh and I sat and watched that game when he played against the Dodgers. But, yeah, that was uh, – that the, that's the pick for me. I think LeBron and how anticipated we all were to watch him play. Yeah, young phenoms,
0: you don't get many of those in the NFL as much as you do the NBA and Major League Baseball. I mean, Kobe was a pretty big thing when he first started playing – in the NBA and in baseball, you get the Bryce Harpers that come flying through there at an early age to, to be a, uh, you know, a rising star in the sport. Kobe probably jumped to my mind when you first brought that up, and then Ben kind of goes LeBron. So, I mean, you're kind of 1A, 1B with those two guys right there. I wish I could come up
4: with a different baseball name, but kind of drawing a blank on it. You guys didn't want to baseball. go all the way back and, like, live tweet Red Grange's debut or something, you know? <laughs> come on.
1: No. Tim, Tim, what is it with you and, like, every sporting people. thing that you want to do is, like, pre-electricity era? I was like, a, a history you literally v. have to
5: live-tweet this, Tim. You, Twitter had to be around.
4: Well, I, I was expanding the mind. I mean, hey, I, I'm into history.
1: What, is, that, is that a crime?
4: Did I commit a crime? Jeez. No, just
1: asking where this comes from. I mean, this is, like, three segments in a row where we've talked about former athletes, and all of them were uh, were gone before— um, I don't know. Your grandpa was even bored. I, this, is what I, this is what I feel. I don't know if this is a criteria or what. I Just I, just at least get it to the
0: TV era, Tim. I mean, can you just yeah. at least go to the 30s hey, or we 40s? Are,
4: we are on the radio. I mean, i was trying to send up. I don't the, know that uh, Red Grange was even playing when they were at radio games. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah Marconi <laughs> hadn't gotten around to it yet, probably not. Um, um, <laughs> by the way, another another intriguing one, and the only reason I say this is because, Greg, you and I got a taste of this when we were out. Um, in phoenix at uh, tempe diablo when w- there was 50 plus japanese otani. reporters yeah. covering shohei otani yeah. in the spring training that and part of the intrigue there was just the, you know we were hearing this two way star um, you know and and it was we had I, I couldn't tell you how many Japanese reporters wanted to, to interview me, you know, to talk about Darren huh. Erstad and to talk about him. I was like, well, you don't want to talk. No, like go, there's there are better people here to talk to than a Nebraska radio guy. But that's how serious it was. There was a couple hundred Japanese media there following him around for spring training.
0: Well, they were all over Darren because Darren wore the same jersey number.
1: Yeah.
4: As, as the Angels, the number 17, Otani does. Right, moving on to uh, what happened on Sunday, uh, not not too long ago for you guys, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they, of course, they punched their ticket to the AFC Championship game, and with their win over the Browns, that has a lot of Chiefs fans feeling good, naturally. However, uh, there might be a little bit of trouble brewing in paradise as CBS cameras caught wide receiver Tyreek Hale apparently shoving an assistant coach on the sideline. But uh, on Monday, Andy Reid said that the incident was overblown, and that you know Reid Reid said he. Hill was just messing around uh, do you guys buy that explanation or is re just trying to downplay a budding controversy no i buy
0: it because he'd go back they, like 30 seconds later the two guys were laughing The cbs camera stayed on him and so it was his position coach i think tyreek was like man i was open you got to tell him to throw me the ball so i think that was in jest I think there's really good chemistry on that team right now. Now that doesn't last forever, but right now I think they're in a really good spot. So now that,
1: that doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, Greg Lewis is the name of the coach. He's a wide receivers coach for Kansas City. And, you know, I, I saw the push when it happened. I think I even put a tweet out about it that, that, that you know, that was concerning. But Tyreek spoke about it today and said, yeah, I was, I was, you know, I had a lot of energy on the sideline. I was just trying to, you know, fire people up. Um, if that was a serious push – there would have been teammates involved holding them back, separating the two. They wouldn't have just sat back and watched like it was a Sunday matinee. I mean, if, how many times do you see that when, you know, a coach, two coaches, a coach and a player, two players get involved in something on the sideline and you've got other guys pulling them back and, and telling them to cool off? I mean, uh, there were guys sitting on the bench right in front of that watching the whole thing happen and nobody got involved. So I think to me, that's all the evidence I needed that. It wasn't him being hacked off
5: and going in and just shoving a coach because he was mad at him. Fair enough. All right, so we will hop across the pond for this. We'll actually follow the journey of one racing pigeon from Oregon who was named a wanted fugitive in Australia last week. So Joe the Pigeon escaped from his racetrack on October 29th, and experts are saying... Joe the pigeon made an 8,000-mile journey across the Pacific Ocean to Australia on a cargo ship. But between December 29th and last week, Joe the pigeon was living happy upside down, but the Australian government found out about him and said he posed a biosecurity risk to their poultry industry and other wildlife. So they are asking the guy whose backyard, Joe the pigeon, was frequently spotted in to help him or help them catch him and turn him in so Joe could be... uh, put down. So do you guys think Joe the pigeon deserves the death penalty? And what are some unduly harsh (laughs) penalties from across sports? That
0: is strict. It kind of reminds me of Madagascar, right? The animals (laughs) stowaways on a ship and they wake up and they're in a different part of the world. So what, what's the, what's the question for
1: us? First of all, does he deserve the death penalty? No, come on. Ship him back. I don't know how you get him home. Well, will he survive that? I mean, obviously he flew there, but you're putting him in a container. He, He was on a ship. Oh, he at least had fresh air. Yeah, Ben's yeah. pro death yeah. penalty. Just it's a merciful thing to I, do in a situation. I'm right? getting my information before I give you a conclusion. I feel like that's the responsible thing to do. <laughs> um, I don't
5: know. I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know that he could survive the, the trip back. If he could, just send send him home. Send him home. Second part of the question then: What are some other unduly harsh penalties in sports that may or may not have been handed down by the Australian? The targeting government?
1: penalties. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Fix it.
0: And roughing the passers, too, and become a yeah. joke. Uh, you know, well he put his full weight on him when he tackled him and brought him to the ground. Well, that's what happens in tackle football. Sometimes you <laughs> do land on top of the guy you tackle. Yeah. Uh, that, that's just kind of – it's just – sometimes I don't recognize the sport when they do that. Targeting, yeah, that's another bad one. Yeah. Um, they, they, they've issued some ridiculous fines, right, in all pro leagues. Where you're like, really? I think I got, got fined 50K or 25K for that. And that seems a little the shoes, extreme. MLB
1: and yeah, NFL shoes. especially. Yeah, Socks, <laughs> not having your socks up high enough or whatever.
5: Or too yeah. high or the wrong color.
4: <laughs> all right, moving on to the NFL news of the day. I'm surprised Austin's been able to keep it together back here. His beloved Philip Rivers, <laughs> uh, Colts legend, announced his retirement today after 17 seasons <laughs> in the NFL but uh, he does come from that 2004 NFL draft class which included a really loaded roster of, of interesting players uh, you had Eli Manning Larry Fitzgerald Ben Roethlisberger um, you know of those guys you know who do you think is going to have the best legacy uh, of that cohort of, of legendary well maybe maybe not quite legendary but but solid NFL talent Eli Manning Larry Fitzgerald and Big Ben
0: well, um, Eli's. I, mean, two, I think it's hard to. It, yeah, rings, Eli's,
1: right? Eli's got to be probably number one on that list, but I think it's hard to compare Larry to the other guys because he's a receiver. Right. But yeah. Larry, Larry should be close to the Rushmore of, of wide receivers. I mean, that dude was an Iron Man. Probably should have won the Heisman at Pitt. Um, but just a class individual, and, and another dude that just spent his entire career with, with one team. That that 4 draft, uh, there was a documentary done on that on the NFL Network just of how that thing all played out with Eli saying he wasn't going to go play in San Diego, and uh, there was all kinds of drama about that. And then Roethlisberger sitting around waiting for um, you know, his call of, of when he was going to get drafted. So, yeah, it, it was a strange yeah. draft, and I think all those guys will, will be remembered. But I think Eli is probably – the top of that for but, me but big ben's
0: got two rings too they're kind of a wash a little bit um
1: yeah but i mean i think i think reputation wise there, there's still some sour grapes with people with how big ben's conducted himself yeah, off the field with his right. with his trouble so i'm knocking him down a peg for that yeah
4: there's uh, still a, a lot of as ben mentioned a lot of great players in that draft he had sean taylor of course uh, d'angelo hall Stephen jackson jonathan vilma i believe vince Fil- vince wilferk was in there as well, um, even uh, Matt Shaw—we left him off. Uh, he was also <laughs> in that <laughs> how draft. Could we forget Matt Shaw. Yeah, how could you? Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of good players in that 2004 NFL draft. Vilma now does TV,
0: and he mentions mm-hmm. that draft class a lot because he'll talk about, oh, fellow member of that what, that draft class. And so, yeah, he's—I think he's on Fox now, and he does, i think Vilma's done doing games on Fox.
5: All right, so I took you across the Pacific Ocean for one question. We're going across the Atlantic for another question. So last week, a South African couple that was living together split up and probably didn't seem like big news, but this breakup happened the night of South Africa's lottery drawing, and the man who was the dumpy, not the dumper, ended up holding the winning ticket worth about $4 million. He found out that he won about an hour and a half after his girlfriend dumped him. So at least we know this lady wasn't just with him for the money, although he says he is being generous and he'll buy her a new fridge and washing machine to let her know there are no hard feelings. So do you guys have any sports memories that might match this guy's wild ride from depression to exuberation? What a, it's what
4: Holy
1: a framing there, question? jeez. Now. I, I, man, what a man, guy. And you talk about he's... the ultimate payback and ultimate karma for that
0: <laughs> lady. Yeah. And, man, what a – I mean, he's above the fray by going and buying her some stuff. I would say, heck with you, sweetheart. Yeah, you walked away from me. Bar. Too bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll give you a gift certificate for B-dubs or something. Go have fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so from heartbreak to, a, to a ecstatic, right? Yeah. Is that what we're trying to go
1: from? Like sports fandom, or like wow,
5: fandom memories, games that featured a crazy comeback, stuff like that. Man. Oh
1: my goodness
0: how do you how do you I mean last year I gave up on the Chiefs in their first playoff yeah, game Yeah, I was, was, yeah, was going to say Chiefs Houston
1: <laughs> The Chiefs Texans is about as dramatic as you could get. That was that was pretty incredible. And, and, and honestly, the Super Bowl wasn't far
0: behind it. You didn't feel like through three quarters they were going to come back and beat the Niners, and they did. Yeah. So that that's a pretty good ride for for me at least would be those those two cheese playoff games
1: last year. I wish I had some more Husker ones, right? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I kind didn't. of feel like it's always the other way. <laughs> like you go from exuberant to. <laughs> getting your heart ripped, ripped out of your out. chest and spiked on the ground
4: Big 12 title game 09 anyone No that the Oklahoma
5: that
1: State Nebraska
5: oh, baseball game out. See the one that they want that came City. to mind for me was 2015 Michigan State they scored that touchdown to go up 31 to 20 2 minutes to go in the third quarter I'm like okay that's about it and then we end up coming yep. back to win that game. No,
0: that was a good one. The 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 9
1: Texas game is the exact opposite, opposite, right, from high to a low. I don't, yeah. I don't want to remember that. I feel that like was. more most of them go to that. The Northwestern yeah. Hail Mary probably up there, too, mm-hmm. from yeah. defeatist to celebratory rather quick.
5: The comeback against Iowa, too, where Thor blocked mm-hmm. that shot at the end. Nebraska it was yeah. down pretty big and managed to tie it up and then win in overtime. That was pretty yep. high up there for me, too.
4: And all good stuff, and that will put an end to this week's Beyond the Headlines. Hour three, Wednesday night, Sports
0: Night here on the Oscar Sports Network. Programming note, we will have our monthly sit-down with the athletic director tomorrow night, hour number one of the program. So Bill Moose will be here to take your comments, questions, calls tomorrow night. So get those all fired up and ready for you. Uh, tomorrow night coming up this hour we'll have buy sell here scant seconds away and then austin's gonna lay out for us some of the early entries from the big 10 conference to the nfl draft in april what rosters got hit harder than others we'll tell you we'll dive into that coming up later on in the hour we'll even have some time for some phone calls 531-500-4686 that's our sports nightly hotline brought to you by the woodhouse auto family bringing you more choices in brands locations and service Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Let's get it going with Buy, Sell. It's time to buy or sell. Now here's the hosts of Buy or Sell, Tim Curran and Austin Orman.
4: That's right, another week of Season 2, Everyone Plays Edition. Uh, We're just in our beginning stages, but... uh, Uh, I think uh, things are looking up, at least for me. Uh, But we'll get into that later. We do have a handful of answers to bring you. Not a whole bunch as we are just getting underway here with Season 2. But starting with uh, my NHL Q query, if you will, from last week, which I do recall was ragged on by... Uh, hmm. One Ben McLaughlin. I, I missed last week's show. You, you got roughed up on this, huh? Yeah. Actually, this is the this is the one that we actually bought. Never mind. The other one's coming later, so I'll have to hold off on my shot and Freud. But this was the buy or sell that at least thirty goals would be scored in tonight's, or rather, what it, last Wednesday's slate of opening night NHL games. That answer ended up being a buy. There were thirty seven goals scored. Uh, I- ben, you bought it. I bought it. Brett bought it. But Austin sold it. So did you, Greg? Sad. What did Josh do?
1: Josh bought it. Hmm. Okay. So he wants so to the lamp lit the lamp enough. I like
5: it. I don't like it, but I will accept more points. I'd rather be wrong that way. So, all right, we'll go to a Brett Husker women's basketball question next. He asked, buy or sell that at least one player on that team scores at least 20 points in the Huskers next two games or that a player would record a double-double in one of those two games? The answer was a buy. Kate Kane had a double-double 22 and 12 against Ohio State. Nearly a triple-double. She had nine blocks as well. And then Sam Hybe had a double-double with 25 points and 12 rebounds against Minnesota. Like I said, the answer was a bye. Five of us got it right. One of us got it wrong, and he is sitting in the producer one chair tonight. Tim, okay. look, I. Man, it. Kate
1: Kane did both by herself. Twenty, twenty rebound or twenty points and a double double in the uh, same I, game.
4: I thought the opposition was going to be tough. It was, but the Husker women basketball team rose above my my pessimism. Uh, so good for them. Tim, you're up. All right, Tim, you're up. <laughs> i was just waiting for any <laughs> any further comment. I thought that you were going to dry the dagger in, but no. Okay, <laughs> I'll move on to uh. This was Greg's question uh, to Husker Women's gym. By herself, the Huster Women's Gymnastic Team would score more than 196 points in their o- season opener against Illinois. The answer did mm. end up being a sell. They scored 193.4 points. They lost pretty handily to the fighting Illini. Uh, Greg, you sold it. So did Josh. So did I. And everyone else bought it and got it wrong. Bad, bad start for them. They need to bounce back this
0: week in a big way.
5: Bad start, but a good line. I went back and looked over their scores from last year just to see Thank you, how you got the line. And it was right about 196. So Exactly. Really There's good line. There's some logic to it. Big props to you. I can I can one. I
0: can hear you guys belittling that question when it was asked last week I'm sure. <laughs> None of us
4: just had any earthling idea what Not I. what a score of 196 was like except for, except for moi, who I very suavely and smartly sold it so.
1: Tim you you, you were the only one that got a question wrong last time. <laughs> let's let's take it easy.
5: Well, Tim has a chance to brag this time, unfortunately. He has another NHL question. He asked buy or sell that the Blues score at least four goals and defeat the Avalanche last Wednesday. That was an unfortunate buy. They won 4-1. to one. Five of us sold it, and Tim was the only one to bought it. He had faith in his dearly beloved St. Louis Blues, so he gets one back.
4: The March, the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, is already on. You can didn't they lose it. like eight nothing the next, ma- next game? For that's them, not think. important. What was important <laughs> is that they beat the Avalanche and Ben poo pooed it. I did, uh, and he has egg on his face. You can practically
1: feel it. <laughs> well, we, that, that makes two of us. We each have egg on our face. You, <laughs> you went, you went one and five, and one one what? time it paid off, one time it didn't. <laughs> hey, that's. Congrats. that's you that's said, a gutsy question to ask though you said this was like the the
4: easiest sell in the history of buy sell history so I, I just want that for the record uh, yeah. you know, the, the sometimes, committee is,
1: sometimes I gotta check you and, and, and you pulled this one out and, and kudos <laughs> to you for it I, I'm tipping my cap all right I, I, I begrudgingly
4: accept uh, well finishing out this week's answers with uh, Brett's uh, of course his soccer cue he's got to get in there or as he put it world football Byers sell that there would be at least two goals scored in open play, which means uh, no free kicks, set pieces, penalties, all that stuff. Uh, And the Manchester United-Liverpool matchup from uh, last week, I believe it was. That was number one and number two teams in the Premier League, or the Premier League, as they say. The answer was a sell. It was a nil-nil draw. Uh, We all bought it. We all got it wrong, so no one's looking too hot. All
1: 6 of us bought it.
4: We all bought yeah. it, I, which was dumb because if you I even said that they they, they hadn't really been filling it up goals-wise. Both teams were kind of only scoring maybe one goal a game. So it, it was a little I was feeling a little too ambitious. We swung for the stars. We all missed too bad whoops yeah which brings us to the totals we didn't have any nfl
5: questions last week really? now that we could answer no
4: no okay. i think that we had nfl questions but they're all coming up uh, i believe okay. this weekend so there we go um that brings us to the totals for this week uh greg and ben you guys went two of five bringing your season overall to three of seven Josh went 3 of 5. He's at wow. 4 of 7. Uh, yeah. Brett also at 4 of 7 after going 2 of 5 this week. Austin just a paltry 1 of 5. He's at 2 of 7, bottom of the barrel uh, for, for Austin. And then I went 3 of 5. I'm at 5 of 7. And I, don't look now, am in first place for yeah, season it's 2. Early.
1: We'll it's remember early. this. We'll remember where you're at through, what, two weeks of
4: season 2? <laughs> yeah. <two. laughs> Yep, I'll I'll just make sure I ask only hockey questions from here on out. Clearly, it's my forte. Yeah. But that brings us to this week's questions. And, Greg, we will let you take things
0: away. All righty, I'm going college basketball, Big Ten basketball to be specific. Buy or sell that the Big Ten gets ten men's teams into the NCAA tournament. I am going to sell it. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I think 10 is slightly on the high side. I, I know that's kind of what they're projecting right now, but I, I don't know. I, I think that I think that's a little north of what I think it's going to be, so I'm selling it. Yeah, I'm going to sell it. It's going to be
4: close. I, Greg, you were talking about this earlier, um, is that a lot of these teams are kind of beating up on each other, and there's going to be a few more losses. and So it's, it's undoubtable how – good the conference is right now I and mean, they are they are amazing but 10 is a big ask so even for the big 10 conference uh so i'm gonna sell it
5: looking at the standing so shoe-ins michigan iowa wisconsin illinois ohio state i think are pretty safely in Purdue picked it up recently i think they get in michigan state will get in and that's not enough to get to 10 indiana will fall off rutgers is in a bad way northwestern was a storybook Kind of season to start of the year they've really fallen off maybe Maryland picks it up but I don't think so I think 10 pretty high it might only be six Gophers? or seven maybe eight you didn't mention the Gophers oh I missed them yeah they're another one but I still think it's seven or eight so I'll, I'll sell that one pretty comfortably all right um, very good
1: um all right we're going to the NBA next buy or sell that Isaiah Roby totals at least 55 points And rebounds the rest of Oklahoma City's road trip, which is four games. So you get the points plus the boards for Robes in his next four games. He needs 55 total points plus rebounds. He's averaging about nine and five right now. Uh, His minutes are up because of Al Horford being on the shelf. And the last I heard, I'm not sure that Horford is playing in the next four. If he does, it's definitely going to hurt his minutes. Um, But. I like the trend he's on right now. Last night against Denver finished with 10-9, and nine, so I'm going to buy it. hmm Well,
4: I think I'm going to have to sell. Sorry, Roby. I, I think that's a lot of productivity to ask for. Uh, I think he's capable of it, but uh, like you said, if, if Horford comes back, that will take it away, uh, his chances of, of, of scoring that much and playing that many minutes. And also it's just night in, night out to, to, to score at least 10 points a night. In an NBA game or over that, uh, it's quite a big ass, so I'm going to have to unfortunately sell it.
5: It's a small ass. This is Isaiah Roby we're talking about, emphatic buy.
0: (laughs) Oh, Austin. All right. Jumping in there. I'm going to make it an even split. I'll sell it. I think he gets close to that, but I don't think he quite gets over that total.
4: There you go. Sitting on the fence. Well, speaking of the NFL playoffs, uh, I've got one for you. It might include Tom Brady. Uh, buy or sell that. TB12 or Tampa Bay or Tampa Tom, whichever you prefer. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers will combine for at least 50 completions on Sunday. And I'm going to buy that. They're going to be airmailing that ball all over the field. There are going to be lots of uh, lots of balls thrown from the gunslingers. And, uh, yeah, a lot of completions as well. Tom I think uh, I've been averaging what, like 66%, 67% completion rate. So, uh, yeah, I will, I will buy that. A lot of completions on Sunday.
1: Austin,
5: 50 is a good line. I'll credit you for that, Tim. We're not counting completions to the other team. Uh, no, because Rogers had a couple of those the first time these two teams played. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be cold at Lambeau. Pro- projecting snow. I I think it'll be just under. I will sell it.
0: Yeah, that's a great line. Uh, But I I think that's the only way these teams are going to be able to move it is to, to throw it, and I think they get
1: there, so I'll buy it. All right. Hmm. It's an interesting line. 50 completions. Yeah, I wonder what the, I'm wondering what the weather has to do with that. Um,
4: I did several minutes of research to set this line, so that's why it's so
5: 28 tight. and snowy in Green Bay on Sunday.
4: Ooh, Ouch! Yeah, it probably wasn't going to be sunny in 70. It, it
1: is Green Bay after it all. What was uh, what was the uh, total that he had last week? I wonder. Brady completions, yeah. Uh, It was probably like 24-ish. Let me see. You're doing background Uh, research important. Not important. I'll buy it. Why not?
5: There you go. All right. Well, sticking the NFL for my question, asking about my beloved Indianapolis Colts, Do you guys buy or sell that the Colts' next quarterback is currently on the roster for an NFC team and that Jacoby Brissett signs with a new team? I'm going to buy it. I don't think Jacoby comes back and there's a lot of smoke around a couple NFC quarterbacks, so I will buy the parlay.
0: An an NFC team, right? Yes. (sighs) Hmm.
5: So are you saying starting quarterback or just a quarterback on their roster? Uh, The Colts' next quarterback, so I assume they're going to go get a starter and not play them behind or sit them behind Jacob Eason. So so it'll it'll be who takes the
4: first snap, right? Pretty much, yeah. But it is an and question, Greg, so I'm surprised you're even entertaining it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to sell it. There you go. I'm selling it, too, if only because Jacoby Brissett –
1: might not even sign with the he new just, team. He might he just, just
4: jumped right over the top of
1: Ben. There. Yeah, man, thanks, thanks, Tim. I had something uh, to say well, about Jacoby Brissett. Sorry, he got fired. You can still say it just when I'm finished with my answer. <laughs> um, Shot clock so J- he's an un- unrestricted free agent, right? He's Jacoby. He's, yes. Yeah, he's cut loose. I don't think there's any way he comes back. Um, hmm. NF. So we're now we're down to fifty-fifty. Do I think a guy from the NFC or AFC slash rookie will take the first snap.
5: Pretty much your choices are Stafford, Wentz, Darnold, or rookie.
1: I don't think they move Darnold. I think I think Wentz could be the guy. So I'll I'll take the NFC. So I'm I'm buying. Yeah, be a buy then. I'm buying. There you have it. All right, I got Josh's college b-ball
4: question or sell that Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, or Michigan State reached the Elite Eight of the NCAA basketball tournament, and I am going to sell that. Uh, you know, Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, um, maybe Michigan State, but all those teams are a little bit on a downtrend, uh, so I don't think that's going to happen this year. I really don't. I'm selling it.
5: Yeah, easy sell for me. Easy, easy.
4: Kentucky's not going to make the tournament. Duke will make the tournament, but
0: they're not good enough to make that deep a run, I don't think. Carolina's a bubble team right now, and Michigan
1: states that's not an Elite Eight team, I sell. Sell. Michigan State's the only team that has a chance, even, and I don't think they get out of the first weekend.
5: Right. Go from college basketball to pro basketball. A Brett question. You guys buy or sell that De'Aaron Fox shoots higher than 34% from three-point range against the Clippers tonight or that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George combined for at least 51 points in the game. I'm going to buy thanks to Kawhi and Paul George. I don't think that King's defense is very good.
0: Yeah, I'll buy. That's one of those or questions. One of those two will hit. I'll buy.
1: Yeah, the the King's defense is... they're awful inside. I mean, the, the, the defense inside is just horrible. Um, so, is there a minimum? Let me let me see. Is there a minimum on this question? That so, De'Aaron Fox only. I mean, thirty-four percent. Higher. He can make then, two of four, right? Yep. Correct. Yep. He doesn't. He hasn't shot very many. Um, he just dumped in. what Was it forty-three the other night? That'd I'm definitely pretty, buying yeah. that. I think. I think he's. I think. He, Either is very possible. So, I, th- I think both could happen. So, I'm buying it. And I will sell. I have not thought about it very hard.
4: But I'm just going my gut. And that's the best uh, tool I got my tool belt. So, all right. Back to me. NFL question. Buy or
0: sell that the Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy gets hired as a head coach this offseason? There aren't many jobs left. Houston is still in the mix. But... I don't think it's going to happen. I wish it was, but I think it's going to be a sell.
1: Yeah, the Houston, the Houston jobs would, would interest me on this. They they requested a, a Zoom call um, interview, which is a little unusual. Obviously, normally they wait till after the season's over. They're definitely sniffing around, and I think there's a fair amount of pressure in Houston to hire him because he might keep Deshaun. Deshaun may want to play for him the other the interesting thing about the enemy is running backs guy a lot of a lot of nfl guys if they go offense they want quarterbacks guys his success rate in interviews is not high i'm gonna sell it um but i know houston sniffing around if he gets a job that's the one he's gonna get yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, I'm going to sell.
4: Uh, for whatever reason, I'm not sure why teams aren't biting uh, on a guy like the enemy. I thought he would have got hired uh, even at the end of last year. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why he's not going to get hired, but I, I just don't think he will this uh, this cycle. So sell.
5: All Man. right, here we go. I, I – I, uh, let's see. I, oh, sorry, Austin. Oh, <laughs> it's all right. Skip, talk about skipping over people. Jeez, Ben. <laughs> Takes yeah. one to um, no one. To- it's, it's not looking likely, but I think not long ago we had a question about if Herb and bien would get hired as NFL head coaches. Um, I think I bought that both of them would. So for consistency's sake, I suppose I am obligated to buy this one.
1: Yeah, I like the logic there. All right, I'm going back to the NBA again for my next question, and Kemba Walker made his return to the Boston Celtics – last game he's only played 16 minutes here tonight but he just got put back in in the fourth quarter we're not going to count tonight's game um, with this question but I will kind of give you some background on his first two that might help you answer it buy or sell that Kemba Walker shoots at least 44% from the floor and scores at least 20 points in a game before the next buy sell so 44% from the floor and 20 points in a game before their next buy-sell. I think they play four more games um, before then. Okay, so Kemba tonight, as I said, 17 minutes. He's shooting much better. He's shooting 50% from the floor. He's got 19 points. So if if this question were to count tonight's game, he would need one more point in the last few minutes, which is probably likely. But in his first game, he was awful. He shot 23% from the floor and had just nine points. So of the two games, he was close to get it this time, and he wasn't close to getting it Uh, his first game, but obviously I'm buying it because he's going to shoot 100% and score 50 in his next game, so I'm buying. Tim? Tim? No, I
4: thought it was was Greg's (laughs) turn. I was (laughs) silently contemplating. Uh, Now I'm going to buy it as well. Um, You know, I guess like, like Ben, I have a mutual affection for Kevin Walker. I think he's you do, a good player. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Celtics fan. I guess you would say to the extent I'm a fan of anything NBA related. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, give me Kemba. I'm buying it. He's gonna score all the points.
5: Man, that I, it's the and that's getting me. I could see him getting twenty, I guess. But Jason Tatum is probably going to be back. The other games are another one at Philly, Cleveland at home, at Chicago, and then at San Antonio is actually happening exactly a week from today. I'm going to sell it. I, I want to believe, but I, I think I'm going to sell it.
1: Yeah, Jason Tatum is supposed to play this weekend, by the way.
5: Fewer shot opportunities I'm for him. So I'm Team
1: Kemba. Team. Give me a bye. Well, there we have
4: it. All right, I got a Husker women's basketball question to redeem myself after doubting the Huskers last week. By so that Sam Hybe scores at least 16 points or records at least six assists against Illinois on Monday. In Champaign, that's a 7 o'clock tip, 6.45 pregame start. I will buy it because, again, I doubted the Huskers last week. Not doing it again. Sam Hybe has come alive. She had a, a really nice effort against... Um, Minnesota, even though that game kind of went to the dumpster at the end, but uh, I'm going to buy
5: it. I believe in Heidi. I believe in this women's team. She only had a career-high 33 against Illinois last team, last time out, so I think uh, I think she'll get to 16. I'll buy it.
0: I think she could get the assist, too. So this is an orc question. It's an easy buy for me. Take my money. I'm
5: buying. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. All right, we will... Go to a Husker men's basketball question here for our last one of the evening. Do you guys buy or sell that the next game played by the Nebraska men's basketball team comes in the month of February? So they're scheduled for a Wednesday, or not Wednesday, January 30th game against Penn State is the next likely opportunity for the Huskers. Do you think they get that one in, or do they wait till February is essentially what I'm asking? I'm unfortunately thinking it's going to be February, so I will buy.
4: I'm with you. I think it's a buy. Bye. All right, I'm going to sell it. I am ever the optimist, as you guys know. I'm always sunshine and roses. They're going to get that Penn State in- game in. It's going to happen. You can book it, put it in stone. It's going to happen. And they might get it in. It just won't be in January. <laughs> no, Fair enough. But I think they're going to get it in January. It's going to happen the 30th.
0: There you go. Tim has the lead this week. He won't next week when we add these all up. But uh, it's great fun.